Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones to share another quiet talk with you today. When I was a kid, since we had no smartphones, we read the back of cereal boxes during breakfast. There were often exciting mail-in offers there that stirred the childish imagination. Down in the corner was a little form that you cut out and mailed to the address given, and sometimes for two box tops you could get some trinket that looked really cool on the cereal box. I once ordered a little battery-operated boat. It had a motor that turned a fan facing the rear that made the boat go in the bathtub. Think of the opening of CSI Miami, where Horatio is riding around the Everglades. I think he had to send a little money along with your box tops for that one. I was the kind of kid that was always interested in irrelevant details, so once I read the shipping label on one of these packages, and instead of the return address saying Rice Krispies or Kellogg's Cereal Company, it said Fulfillment Center. Obviously, that referred to the fact that they fulfilled the orders from little kids like me who begged their moms for a stamp and the 50 cents to send off for the toy. I think Fulfillment Center is an interesting concept. Imagine if there were a place where people could go and for a nominal fee could find fulfillment. What is fulfillment? Well, the word can mean several things. To put into effect, to meet the requirements of something, to bring something to an end, like a term of office. But what I have in mind today is the idea of satisfaction. To be fulfilled is to be satisfied. An archaic meaning listed by the dictionary is simply to make full or to fill. Something is empty and then it is filled full. Will you agree with me that there are a lot of empty people out there? Sadly, so many seek to fill their emptiness with things that, to my mind, seem empty themselves. Scripture, as usual, puts this best. I'm thinking of Jeremiah 2 and verse 13, which refers to people who, it says, have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. How often people vainly seek to be filled, to be satisfied with things that cannot give lasting satisfaction. So after being disappointed with one object, they pursue another, which, like the previous one, cannot meet their inner need. And we all have inner needs that we were born with and that we must reckon with, a gnawing hunger that will not go away. Something is missing. We just can't figure out what that something is. There was a brilliant man who lived in France in the 17th century, whose name was Blaise Pascal. He was a mathematician, a physicist, a philosopher, and probably many other things. He wrote these words in a work called Pensée. That's just the French word for thoughts. What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness— of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace. 
This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object, in other words, by God himself. God alone is man's true good, and since man abandoned him, it is a strange fact that nothing in nature has been found to take his place. Stars, sky, earth, elements, plants, cabbages, leeks, animals, insects, calves, serpents, fever, plague, war, famine, vice, adultery, incest. Since losing his true good, Man is capable of seeing it in anything, even his own destruction, although it is so contrary at once to God, to reason, and to nature. People since Pascal have distilled this idea in a phrase you've probably heard, which goes something like this. There is in every person a God-shaped vacuum. Some say God-shaped whole. This vacuum, or infinite abyss, as Pascal put it, cannot be filled with anything less than God himself. If the vacuum or hole or abyss is indeed infinite, as he said, then only an infinite object can fill it. And we, have, we know of no other infinite object except God himself. Many people think and In this, they are constantly encouraged by books and movies and fairy tales that this void can be filled by another human being. There must be out there someone for me to love, someone who will love me also, who will fill the emptiness inside. So they make mistake after mistake and become what someone has called serial monogamists. They go from relationship to relationship but each one ends in disappointment. Others think material things will satisfy, or things like pleasure, hobbies, or political or social involvement. There's no sin in healthy relationships or material things or hobbies or other legitimate human pursuits. It's just that these things cannot fulfill the built-in human need for God. They are only part of a healthy existence when they are built around that primary relationship with the Creator. Solomon in the Bible is sometimes referred to as the wisest man who ever lived. When I look at the way his life turned out, I have my doubts about that, but he was certainly an important figure in biblical history. Listen to this account from the book of Ecclesiastes of one who sought pleasure and satisfaction from the temporal things of this world. He says, I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold 
and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. He says a few verses later that he hated all these things he had acquired for himself. He even says, I hated life because what is done under the sun was grievous to me. Those folks who line up at the convenience store when there's one of these huge lottery jackpots would do well to listen to Solomon. He won life's lottery, you could say, and yet He hated what his life became. Where did Pascal get that notion of the infinite abyss inside man? I'm not sure if he was thinking of this or not, but right there in this kind of depressing book of Ecclesiastes is the answer. In the chapter right after the one containing the verses I just read, chapter 3, verse 11, it says that God has put eternity into man's heart. Although we have become estranged from God, yet there is within us this echo of the eternal, this lurking sense that there is something out there we are meant to know, to come to terms with. While there are hints in the material world we inhabit, it is not in itself that thing we long for. That thing we long for is God. How wonderful that he has not left us to grope in the darkness but has shown his light to us in the person of his one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Oh, my friend, if just one person listening to my voice today comes to finally discover the source of true fulfillment, that lasting satisfaction that only God can give, then I would feel that my life here on earth has been a success. Precious Heavenly Father, the source of all satisfaction, joy, and fulfillment, I pray for those listening to me today that they, the Holy Spirit would just reveal to them that Jesus is the source of life and the source of joy and fulfillment, and they would surrender everything to him. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you for listening, my dear friend. If you'd like to contact me, contact me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.